it's Kim and my trusty wingman, Melvin. Hola. And you are tuned in to the Soul Sense Podcast. We're back for another one and another one and another one. Ay, ay, ay. So, well, guys, we wanted to come in and just have a little conversation about some things that, you know, I had brought something up to Melvin and just wanted to kind of chit chat about it and uh, just see if anybody else can feel us on this. So before we do that, just want to say, Melvin, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, had a good day today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Had our uh, company holiday party and uh, that was fun. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was just for y'all? Yeah, they didn't do it today. <laughs> <laughs> this is news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just at this moment finding that out. They what? Did. They didn't do it to say. <laughs> They're like, rrr, rrr. So every year they uh, do something different with our party. Like they used to do it with, uh, we'd treat it like a date night, you know. It, and it's always something really nice um, before uh, we go to... Uh, you know, rent out some nice restaurant or something like that, you know. And then last year, was it just last year? They did it two years in a row. They just did it one year. Last year, they had like a um, a big uh, carnival, basically, mm-hmm. at my job. And uh, Very family friendly. Yeah, it was fun. Everybody had a good time. And then, uh, but this year, they just switched it up completely. I mean, like, we were just talking about it. I had asked Melvin, like, oh, y'all having a company party? Are they going to do the same thing they did last year? Because, like, one year we were in, for anyone who's ever been to Dallas, you know of the Reunion Tower. It's downtown, and it's like this ball in the sky, and it rotates. That's the very first one that we went to. And then they have rented out other spaces, and sometimes it'll be like, just really nice and sometimes it's kind of like happy hour one time we went to one that was kind of happy hour-ish but you know nice you know and then last year I guess y'all were celebrating the anniversary I think oh yeah 90th year yeah and so it was a full-on family carnival like they had bounce houses and it was like they were like games just like a fair carnival food all that stuff and then today, it's now it's just like, womp, womp. Yeah. <laughs> what y'all do? Um, They had, first we had our, uh, I guess our um, department, like, party. It was like a breakfast type of thing. Okay. And at 2.30, they had, uh, they just, you know, they brought beer and wine, and they brought in people cooking and uh, making sliders and tacos and lao mein and. I mean, it was really nice. Um, I mean, you know, I I don't. It, it was all right. I would have rather just went home, but I stayed till about. Uh, I stayed for a couple hours, and then I just went back and uh, sat at my desk and tried to do some work. <laughs> and um, okay, fine. But we have <laughs> our. Uh, my, I'm having a party for my uh, team on. Tuesday, I think it is. 
Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Monday, Monday night, they are having like a happy hour thing, so. I mean, it's Monday night, like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. <laughs> like, meh, well, all righty. So, anyways, today, um, I tip. I typically uh, don't work on Fridays. Ooh, yay me. And uh, so, but I just didn't. I did have some things on the agenda. I did go for a run. Um, it was uber cold, and it was high winds. They have a wind advisory. But you know what? I thought it was a good idea just to get out there and, hey, I got to stay focused, right? Please. But I did. I, I, I ran a little over two miles, and then I was like, okay, enough of this. Um, I, I went out to lunch with a good friend of mine. It was very encouraging. Who she, you go to lunch with? Brandy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went out, and she really spurred me on and encouraged me. I shared some stuff with her, and it was really fun. It was really good, and she had never went to the restaurant we went to, so I always like introducing people to new stuff. And I went to a coffee shop. I read for about an hour, came home, read a little bit more, went and got my daughter, read a little bit more, and then everybody got home, and my kids were on 100 Okay, we normally try to have, uh, here recently we decided that Fridays were going to be our family day. Mm. Family day got, family night got canceled because they were just too turned up. Like, we have to postpone till tomorrow when everybody calm down. Like, our little 16-month-old just goes, she's a tornado. She just goes through the house and just knocks everything down. As and a look at you laughing. Thinking it's funny. You know, everything a game to her. You try to put her coat on, she take out running. You try to put her shoes on, she take out running. Look, I ain't trying to sweat every time I have to deal with you, little girl. You know, but, you know, everybody, everybody was on, on 10. And so I had to pray, y'all, because I was about to start breaking necks up in this house. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everybody, go to bed. <laughs> Man, you did it so quick, too. You said, you know what? It's it's seven o'clock. It's time. Yeah, <laughs> Melvin, you got fair, and I thought you was like after a while we'll put fair down. No, nah. so you came upstairs, you put Fallon down so quick, and then came down. You was like fair, come on. I was like, oh, you meant now, 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 because we we gotta salvage the night. Okay, I'm trying to keep the peace in my home, and the longer you guys are up, there ain't gonna be no peace. I mean, they were just like, I don't know what I could not. I was trying to show Melvin a video. I had to stop and start that thing so many times. <laughs> oh, goodness. Don't y'all judge us out there either. I don't care. Y'all can judge me. Yeah. I, I, y'all can judge me. Tonight was rough. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. But other than that, it was good. I feel a lot better. I prayed a couple of times. And we good. We good. So, anywho. So, uh, so I'll give you a little background very briefly, and then we'll jump into the conversation, Millie. So I follow a number of like social media, like influencers. And of course I follow a number of like spiritual Christian based influencers and stuff. Some that are big names, some that are not, you know, just, uh, just through what we do, I come in contact with people. Not that we we are big names; we're not big names at all. Actually, we're we're no names. But 
you know, I follow people, you know, and stuff. And just through just looking at different social media outlets, one of the things that I have noticed is that there is this gener the newer generation, the younger generation. It's a it's a positive thing because I'm seeing that a lot of that generation is rising up and walking boldly in their per their God-given purpose. You have a lot of people who are very young, which I sit and think, like, if I was, like, 19, 20, 23, 24, like, I wasn't thinking about the things that they're thinking about. I was still very worldly-minded, and it's a good thing. But one of the things that I have noticed is that it's kind of like zeal without wisdom, you know? And, and, and let me unpack that. Not to say that I know these people because I don't, you know, but, you know, social media people share a lot or whatever. And I've noticed that there's like this group, I guess, that's kind of they've made the decision to follow Christ, but they don't have it doesn't appear that they have a lot of wisdom or guidance in their lives. So, you know, there's a lot of life clearly that they have not lived and they're making decisions and I've listened to some of their videos and posts and I've kind of sat and thought to myself, you know, you're making a comment on something that you don't have any experience on or you're giving advice to people and you don't really have the qualifications to talk about that, you know, because you're dealing with people's marriages and raising children. Well, you've been married for two years or you, your kid is barely walking. Like there, you know, you can't, you got to know, you know, where you end, where you begin and where you end. And one of the people that I listen to, um, and I'll mention her name because she's an older, older woman, not old, but she's been in ministry for 20 years. But she made a comment, I was listening to one of her things, and she made a comment that I felt was very necessary and should be heeded to all of us that when we're talking about stuff, like if you don't have enough knowledge on something, that should be something that you shelf or put on the table and go and you study, get experience in it before you get up and start talking about it. Because people can sense when you're not genuine or you're not relatable in those situations. And I was like, you know what? She put the, she put the uh, nail on, she hit the nail on the head because there's so, you know, there's so many things that are out there that like, we're not going to be experts at everything, you know? Now, the, what I would like to talk about though tonight is that we're not going to have every experience, but we have a community. We, there is a body of Christ that I know in Acts, it talks about that, like the believers lacked nothing. And that is still true today. You know, we should never as believers feel like there's a lack in anything. You know, we should be able to reach out to our brother or sister to get clarity on something, to ask advice, you know, because between all of us, we have all collectively, we have hit all circumstances and situations. So it got me to thinking like about spiritual mentors, 
spiritual mentees and just examples and the Bible of where there, there were examples of that relationships of that and stuff. And so I just kind of want to talk about that tonight, you know, and talk about like where me and Melvin, where we used to be, you know, cause you know, we've had a journey with this as well and where we're at now and looking forward, where do we feel like we're going to go? And so before I uh, give the mic over to you, I do want to use this scripture. And this is in Hebrews. And uh, Hebrews 5, verses uh, 12 through 14. And it says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And so passing it over to you, Melvin, just your general thoughts about what I said. I know I said a lot. Yeah, because we're going to have to roll, roll this back a bit. Okay. So let's let's start to unpack at the beginning. Okay. Um, so thinking about youth, I have a pretty unique perspective on this because when I first became a Christian, I was younger. Um and um, the one thing I, I remember is that, um, you know, I just had a great amount of zeal. I was trying to, I can't remember the scripture, but, um, you know, there are a couple, there's a lot of different scriptures that talk about, like, the juxtaposition between, like, youth mm-hmm. and, and age. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the Bible aligns um wisdom with years and age um not not the completion of wisdom but just there is a a natural wisdom that comes with every day that you're on this earth true um and then the bible also aligns with um you know it it starts to uh, it aligns like use with like vigor and um you know being able to you know, adventure and going out and, and the warriors and the fighters, right? Like the old men are for war. Young men are for war. Old men are for counsel. Um, is one scripture that I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember it right now, but, um, but anyway, you know, when I first became a Christian, I like, there's a couple things that, that really stand out to me about, about that time. Number one, um, was the amount of energy and zeal that I had. Like, I didn't have a family. It just was me, you know, and I was all about the mission. You know what I mean? Everything I did was was about serving God. And um, I remember one thing is that I remember thinking about like the Mary's ministry. And I'm like, man, they're so like, I hope I don't ever get like that. Like, they're so like, black, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what are they doing? Like making all these. And I mean, back then. Um, there were a lot of like youthful leaders in the church, right? And so, or in, and, and you know, you would always be able to tell when some young person was up, was going to preach a message, um, because it would be super fiery and super challenging. And, you know, the way I, we dealt with each other, the way we dealt with others was just very like black and white. Um, when I, I would go out and talk to people about God, like, and, um, 
you know, it would be very passionate, very forceful. And and at the time, my heart um, was, there, there was no arrogance or anything like that in my heart, you know, it, it, not that I knew of. I was really so passionate about what I was doing. And I wanted to see people make it to heaven that I would just go out it, go about it like just wild, you know. I'm going to have to turn back because I'm facing the opposite. Oh, okay. That's fine. I had my foot kicked up. In- <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting, a, my chair was still sitting a certain way for when we had somebody else in here. So I'm literally just looking at the computer talking to Kimberly. Yeah, it happened. But, um, yeah. you know, uh, but what I was saying, um, I, I would go out and, uh, yeah, just be, you know, just say crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff that, Again, you know, I felt like I was right in my way because this is what you're supposed to be doing, and I don't want to hear those excuses that you got to say. Let me tell you how you should be with your kids, your anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, um, I uh, and you know, Timothy was my. You know, I'm riding with Timothy. Don't let anybody talk down to you because you're young. Yeah. You know, um, but you got to read the whole book before you just say that because definitely God put in also talked about the importance of having older uh, you know mentors or whatnot but anyway um, when I I I ended up leaving the church um, and then coming back as an older man um, you ain't no well I mean but a man you know what I mean I was a kid with no responsibilities but now in every year I learn more and more and more and I start to think back and I, I think like how arrogant was I um and it wasn't that I was arrogant it was just that I was too dumb to know better <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. like and that's why the you Bible don't know says, what you don't know yeah, and that's why the Bible was like and it, that scripture started to make sense to me all of a sudden it's like that's why young men are for war because the youth, we you're supposed to be out there pushing the edge and and pushing the kingdom forward, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we supposed to be. And, and it says, what does it say? Young men see visions, and, and old men dream dreams. Yep. Right. Like you're supposed to have that vision, that forward looking vision. Mm-hmm. And and men, you know, older men should be, you know dreaming the dreams that we kind of are, are instilling in you while you guys are, are putting those things into to reality, not meaning that everybody ain't still working, but still it's a reason for you. Yeah. But, um, so that's, that's one thing that I, that I did want to kind of touch on is like when you are, are young, you know, sometimes you know just enough to, you know, hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I do think that there is a beauty in that Mm -hmm. because like those people you're talking about, um, you know, at its very root, like they don't know enough to be afraid to say those things that they are saying, even though some of it's probably stupid, you know what I mean? It it has to be because you don't know what you're talking about until in in this time, 10 years from now, they're going to look back at that and be like, Oh, maybe I didn't know what I was talking about. Like when life starts to happen and all that, but you know, it's it's those visions, man. They got vision and it's challenging people, um, and so I do kind of feel 
feel that way um, sometimes. What do you? Well, I think I feel like it's there's two sides to this. The is point. beyond getting into the. We'll get to into the second part of it, like the actual <laughs> issues with that needing guidance. Oh yeah. I'm just saying that. What do you think about that? There being some need for that. Yes, I do. Like I feel like. I don't know if it was, was it Don? Yes, it was Don Murray. Don, um, one of our elders in our church, or maybe it wasn't him. It was Derek Bitt, one of our evangelists. When, uh, when we first uh, became a part of our church, me and Melvin worked with the team ministry. And in one of our meetings, um, one of our evangelists, Derek, had gotten up and he was talking and he was, and I want to say, Don Merg was there and he also made a comment about it as well is that as older disciples or more seasoned disciples, the responsibility for the older disciple is to not be the cynic and to not be skeptical. You know what I'm saying? And I think it was Derek that was saying that, yes, there may be zeal without wisdom, but we all know that it will work itself out a because Romans eight is true that uh, we know everything works for the greater good that for those who love, <laughs> love God. But also you can't mess up the kingdom of God. Like if at the end of the day, like that zeal is trying to propel the kingdom of God forward. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so you, one of the things I think Don had said that what comes with age is that you've lived a lot longer and you see how things could go awry. So that brings cynicism, skepticism. And so you're side-eyeing everything like, mm, ah, yeah, that seems all good and stuff like that, but that's going to take a lot of energy for us to do. I mean, I got to go get my kids and all, you know, that's what comes with season, you know? Right. But with the younger, you know, so that's the thing that I can see that the seasoned disciple has to look out for. And I think you talked more about what as a younger person, a younger disciple would have to think about. And, and you know, you can't tell them that because they don't know. They don't know what they don't know, you know. Yeah. Could nobody probably tell you. Yeah, absolutely not. I felt like I was a hundred percent like right in the things that I did, and I and even then I had always been like a yeah. I th I thought I was a hundred percent right just because I knew where my heart was at. Mm. I knew my motives. Okay. Um, and and even today I can still say like my heart was in the right place. But um, you said something. You know, talking about like, you know, the older people. You know. We can, you know, depending on where you're at, the generation below you, you always feel like you had it right. Like mm. now we watch like music yeah. and stuff like that. And That's you see right. a bunch of old rappers talking yeah. about the the glory days and mm -hmm. how these young kids don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. and all that. And every time you're doing that, um, you are you trying to stifle like you making people have to reinvent the wheel every mm, time. That's right. Instead that's of true. building this relationship of uh, building upon, right? And, and like to where you taking this person and like just guiding their their helping them to to make better decisions, but not trying to 
cut them off at their knees. You know, like, and I don't care what church you're in, man. Music, when you hear, I remember when I was in high school, um, and I was in, uh, we we go to church, and and I, I sung in this, uh, in the, we had like a little choir. And I remember, like, um, during that time, everybody was against, like, uh, Kurt Franklin and all that kind of stuff. Now yeah. these yeah. are now as an adult, all you want is for the is for your kids to. Everybody got such complaints about you know the youth is going crazy and they doing this and they doing that and they doing this and they're not doing that. And when they find something, then you want to stomp it down. I still go through it today. Um, you know, being part of worship ministry, I'll come off and we'll sing something and. And inevitably, somebody's going to have something to say about it. And it's typically somebody who is from like a older generation or used to things being a certain way. And, and you know, it makes me struggle because I'm like, man, because and this is why. Well, it, this is why it makes me struggle, because I definitely used to be the same way. Um, even as a young person, I did not want to hear um, anything that I thought was you know, extreme or, and then I just had to realize you're an idiot, Melvin. And like, when I come off, I, sometimes I just want to be like, why don't you tell them to talk to me? Because it, and not for me to put, it used to be, I want to put people in a place. Right. Yeah. But really that has nothing to do with it. What it is, is I don't think people understand how damaging it is to do that. Because you want everything to, you say that you want to see the next generation rise up, but really you don't. Mm. Really, really you want to, you want to be, you want to rise up the next generation. You know what I'm saying? You okay. want to, you want them to follow in your footsteps and do exactly what you did. But that's not how this thing goes. Like if the kingdom don't ever grow, if you don't see things changing radically, like if I come back and I look, if I wake up and open my eyes 10 years from now, I'm 39. If I open my eyes 10 years from now and I feel completely comfortable sitting in, in service, I'm going to be very sad because that means that nobody is doing anything new. Mm. No one is, has changed anything. If we are still having the same, like, the same order of service, the same everything, like, it's, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And that is because you got people who hold on to things and it's not in, but it's again, it's because, and we don't understand the, the, the damage that we do when we're stomping out like those visions that young men have. Mm. Yeah. And, and you know what, I, I would have to say, this is something that I'm having to address within myself because I mean, I kind of feel like I'm in a kind of weird space because I'm not young, young, but I'm not, I've had some life, but I'm not like older, you know, like I ain't like, I'm just like kind of there on the cusp. So like, I feel myself being judgmental both ways, you know, if that even makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I can judge like the fairly new Christian and then I can also judge the seasoned Christian because I'm like smack dab in the middle. And so 
So yeah, you know, I I will have to say in all transparent and transparency, um, I have had to. I've had moments where I've had to pray and to ask for forgiveness and repentance because I have found myself, you know, judging um, people. And um, something, the story that comes to mind, you know, um, that I am trying to focus on and meditate over is the story of Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos. Mm -hmm. And it says, that's a story in Acts, and it says very clearly that Apollos was very, he was a great speaker, and he was very zealous but it does point out that he did not have the full gospel. So people were listening to him. He was like, a, you know, he would be equivalent to what like a modern day social influencer would be with lots of followers. People would come and see him speak because he could speak very well. He was a, he was a gifted speaker. Um, but when he was speaking one time, Priscilla and Aquila happened to listen to him and they also noticed because they had been traveling. They were travel mates with Paul because they all made tents together. And so they knew what the full gospel were, was. And so they took it upon themselves after he had spoken to invite him into their home. They sat him down and they taught him the full gospel he in turn received it and then he went out and was able to preach with vigor and that's what the word of god says and and so i try to meditate on that because i think to myself on both coins of that like they could have easily felt like what does this little young whippersnapper what is he talking about all these people listening to him and he ain't even telling them the full truth you know he don't even know everything they could have easily been that and just walked off. You know, they could have tried. They could have called him out in front of everybody. They mm -hmm. didn't do that. They invited him back to an intimate, private space. And they, I would have to assume that, you know, he didn't know them. They didn't know him, but they had to be hospitable. They had to be inviting. So that means that they were not trying to make him feel stupid. They weren't trying to insult him or anything like that. And then in turn, on the other side of the coin, he was humble enough to listen to people who he probably did not know. And he probably could have easily looked at them like, who are y'all? Don't you see my following? Like, I'm, I must be doing something right because I got all these people listening to me. Who are y'all? Some little tent makers? So there was humility on both sides. Right. You know? And yeah. so that's what I've been trying to really, like, meditate over, like, because in some places I will be the Apollos in some places I will be the Priscilla, right? you know? So having that humility on both ends. Yeah. I mean, in that story, you got to think about like, how did that happen? Like how, how was that dynamic? You know, um, especially when it's right off the rip, you know, and, and does it say like it happened immediately or was it, does it just say that they took, took yeah, it? it says that they invited him into their home. Right. So, I mean, we don't know. Let's, let's just for, uh, just for time for the, for the sake of saying it, like, mm -hmm. let's, let's say this narrative, right? So let's say this is today. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
somebody gets up there and they don't, you know, we t- we look at something on TV or hear somebody on YouTube or someone comes and speaks and, you know, we kind of had that same feeling, right? Like, what's this young person talking? Like, they don't even, this is, they don't have the full mm-hmm. thing, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're, they're, right at that moment, there is a, there is two different ways that you can even, like, make a judgment on it, right? To me, it seems like they they made a judgment saying, wow, man, this guy is sharp. Mm-hmm. If, we, if he just had, just imagine if we added some more onto that. Mm-hmm. You know, just imagine if, if uh, he knew a little bit of this thing. Because I know he wants to. Mm-hmm. Because look at him. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, man, this guy. Man, let me grab this dude. I mean, you are, you know, let me go and tell. He, he needs some help. You know, even before you open your mouth, it's about how are you allowing yourself to even judge the situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, like, how did how did they engage him? You know what I mean? How did they engage him? Let's say it wasn't just right away they in, get him. Over to, let's say that that he was around them enough to to get a feeling on how Priscilla and Aquila dealt with people in the church. Right. These guys are older, respected. And let's say that they I mean, I can only imagine that they dealt with everybody like that. You know what I mean? Like they were very warm and inviting and welcoming. Um, And you 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 can't help but to come to somebody like that in humility. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can only imagine, you know, what I mean? knowing the limitations of youth, Mm -hmm. you know, especially talented youth. I can only imagine that there had to be some of that in there, right? And I think about, like, the power that, like, how that translates to today um, as we move forward. Like, how does that translate to today? Um, I feel like the onus is on, because I'm with you, you know what I'm saying? We're always in the middle until we, mm-hmm. it's always somebody older and somebody younger. True. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The onus is on you as the older person to um, really disarm the situation, mm-hmm. right? I don't care how if, I don't care how wrong you think it is. If somebody is going out of their way to to be working for the kingdom, I don't care how small it is because they don't got to do nothing. Yeah. If they're then that means that they have at least one iota of a care about pushing the kingdom forward and y'all are partners so right then Mm -hmm. even if what you have is 99 percent uh you know (laughs) i guess challenges for them or uh criticism like you you disarm everything and and like it's on us it's on you as the older person to disarm all of that and then y'all can have a deeper conversation Mm -hmm. especially if there's somebody in your church you can have that conversation and it don't have to be your first conversation with them should not be some type of criti- criticism. Invite them into your home. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you are partners. Let them know y'all are partners. Encourage them. And then you can talk about anything else because you need to learn more about them as well. Unless you just care about getting your, your words out. 
if you really want to help that person, that's exactly how you would approach it. Yeah. Um, and even when I just think about that, like I said, it doesn't go into all the details with that story with the with Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos. It doesn't. It doesn't go into all of the ins and outs. But the simple fact that we what it doesn't say is that they did not approach him in in public you know in 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 like you know it, it you can assume that they allowed him to finish his speech and they pulled him aside and invited him into his home that alone shows like hospitality an act of love that's because that's what hospitality is to me is an act of love like in sacrifice you know and so anywho you know, I just, you know, have just kind of been mulling over that and stuff like that. And just like what you said, the simple fact of somebody trying to catapult the kingdom of God, that in of itself is honorable. And I, I think I was reading in one of the books I was reading and it was saying that like it's so it's so funny how as Christians we can shoot fellow Christian, we can shoot fellow soldiers as we're in this spiritual war. Like we'll, we'll shoot the home team, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, why do we do that? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't ever hear of anybody else when it comes to like a team or like anything, a group of people who will turn on their own, you know? Well, you hear about it all the time, but you don't ever hear about successful teams doing that. Yeah. Um, You know, I think, kind of going down that that line of thinking that we were looking at before, you know, looking at um, Apollo, Sequilla, and Priscilla, I think what that does really point out to is the importance of of mentorship. And that mm-hmm. was like the second part of the thing that you yeah. were saying. Yeah, The importance of mentorship, but either way, by hook or by crook, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are a young person and you feel like, Let's say you don't got no Aquila and Priscilla's around. You just got a bunch of curmudgeons. And, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> they just are. Spell that. You know I can't spell that. <laughs> C-R-U mungeons. Uh, <laughs> and Can you define that? Because I'm, I'm like, I'm like, like the rest old, of everybody. Like grouchy people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay, people. I have, like, I'm, I'm watching out for y'all. I'm looking out for y'all. But, but. <laughs> People who are, uh, they not, they don't put it in the sweetest way. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I can definitely be that if I don't watch You're it. You're a crumungeon. I can be that if I don't watch it. <laughs> if I'm not paying, you know, if I'm not paying attention, I am definitely like the old man sitting at the window. Look at that boy pulling his pants up. Man, what you out there doing? Listen to all this hippity who popped out here. Like if I don't pay attention, that's Monkey me. But. You know, I have lived some life in, I mean, I lived a lot of life for my, for that, my amount of years. And so I have a lot of good knowledge that Mm. I could probably save somebody from. Now, let's say I come at you, let's say that I don't present myself like Apollo, I mean, like Aquila and Priscilla, and I am, but I, but my heart is in the right place. I'm really trying, it's the same thing. I want to help you. So the onus ain't just on like the older people. It should be you older. I'm older. I should do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you are young and you don't have a lot of life, if there's someone with more life then you are dumber than them <laughs> and you need that knowledge. 
if you're humble about it, yeah, like if you're going to be humble about it, you have to understand that there's not a, enough books you could read. There's not enough anything you can do that takes the place of life. So by just just because you are dumber and you need that assistance. And if if you because they are not putting it in a beautiful package, you just turn your nose up at it and you start to become argumentative and try to defend yourself, then guess who loses? You. And that's something that I have had to really work on now at this age that I am. I'm old enough that I am I, I have lived enough and had enough life experience to to struggle with thinking that I got it figured out. And I come into contact with people and they may not necessarily be even older than me. They could just have more life yeah, or more experience in some, some yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where because I don't like the way that they putting it to me, like I'll just, I'll be argumentative and I'll spend all my time being argumentative. Now I still spent time, but I got nothing in return. And I don't know when it happened, man, but I just started to get to this phase of like, you know what, man? I'm going to really try to deal with people in like, like with the mindset, I'm going to get something out of this. Like, even if what you say to me right off the rip, I disagree with your assessment of the situation. I'm going to shut up and I'm just going to listen and I'm going to ingest it. I'm going to really try not to even say anything for a minute, but I'm going to try to ingest it. Um, And when the, the, on the, Rare occasions that I do do that successfully, because don't get it twisted. I told you that I made a decision that I'm going to try to do that. (laughs) It don't happen all the time. It don't happen most of the time. But whenever I do do it, um, like, I I get a nugget, man. And it ends up, like, I I always can go back and start to extract truths from the things that they say. I don't just eat it wholeheartedly. But I don't discount what they're saying, and then I go and I start to parse it out and see how it can apply to me. Talk to someone else about it. See if they have the same assessment of it. And then you just, that's how you grow when you're in the weeds. You know what I'm saying? That's how you grow when when there ain't nothing but thorns around you. You still try to, you put the little syringe into them thorns and suck the water out of it so mm-hmm. you can still get a drink. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and I, I will have to say just j- let's be very clear because I want to address one thing that I do understand that just because you're older doesn't mean that you're wiser. I get that. Sure and don't. I also understand coming from a background of going to a traditional church. I was born and raised in a Baptist church and, you know, I will have to, I'm going to be honest. Some of the authority was abused, not just necessarily with the pastors, but people will use their age to control people. And I believe that's why you have such a, generation that's rising up that are more free thinkers you know and exploring like I don't have to be the straight and narrow like I can minister and and be ministering and reaching people on many different levels in many different ways where I feel like 
maybe our parents' generation and old our grandparents' generation. It was like going to church, like your spiritual life was going to church and doing that traditional thing. So I I wanna also I wanna address that I get that and I understand that, but you can't discount every person who is older than you. You know what I'm saying? You can you can spot that person who shouldn't be giving you advice, but that's not everybody who is and older. And it's not any like I like I, I say like we are too when I say you dumber, you are. Like you too dumb to know who should and shouldn't be giving you advice. And I say that somewhat in jest, right? And when I say you, I mean me. I mean, as long unless you're the oldest person in the world, then just by life experience, mm-hmm. this person is wiser than you. Even if their wisdom is expressed through their folly, like somebody, you got an old man who is just a shambles. You know what I mean? You spend time with him, maybe not the words that they say to you, but you could just look at their life and see like what decisions you should or should not make. But even in that, man, I, I'm telling you, I've never walked away from a conversation with an older person and left empty. Like, I don't care who it has been, a, a, a homeless person, somebody who could be the exact opposite of what I'm trying to be. I have walked away learning at least something. Like, I remember at one time there was this old man, um, I went to Cal, uh, I was in San Francisco working. He was standing on the side. He was like one of those street. He wasn't like a we we used to call him Jesus screamers when I when I was in college. And uh he was standing on the corner. And I mean this guy is I mean just being so disrespectful. Everybody that walks past, look at you. You're going to hell. You got this filth this old um I think he may have been, he was definitely from another country, but he was African-American or a black man. I don't know where. He definitely was, he had an accent. You, I mean, just talking crazy, right? And I'm stupid. And I stop and I talk to him. And, like, I'm going to, like, bring some some calm to the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, how? Because they arguing back and forth. And then I just start sharing scriptures with him. And it's obvious that he has honed in his thing was you know it was all around like sex right like if you had sex then this that and the other i was like well i'm married you know he's like well did you have sex with your wife before you got married then you need to divorce her or else you're going to hell (laughs) and i'm like can you show me this in the bible and i I mean and you know it, it was obvious and that's a stupid question to ask right especially when it's when you're having a conversation like that, I can show you anything I want to in the Bible. If I just pick out little pieces and, and things like that. But like, at, what I'm trying to paint a picture of is if there was a person that I could say, I'm not going to learn anything from, it was him. And I did learn something. I learned a lot. Really what I learned was I learned how I had been in the past. Now I was never like that, but I learned like, you know, while I'm, there could be someone, even though I'm not coming as extreme at them where I'm trying to talk to them about God and about decisions and whatever else, 
I got to make sure that I'm not sitting on this high horse like this guy is. Because mm. he's talking to people like he, like he has no sin. Yeah. You could, he could, if he really believed that, he could have said all the same things, but from a much more humble place. Mm. Like, if Jesus didn't lead with that, I, what he said, it could have been the truth. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day I'll look in the scripture and be like, oh, he's right. But don't divorce me, baby. I mean, I looked it up, but at the end of the day, that you know, I gotta watch that. So I left from that old man and I listened. Like at first, I was going back and forth, and then I just like, okay. And I listened. And now let's just think if I would have shut up and just listened to him, like what if I would have went up to him and been like, sir, I really don't agree with you, but I would like to learn. I mean, you've been on this earth longer. I would like to learn from you. If you could just tell, if you could just tell me, like what what it is you feel this way without yelling. Like I I, I want to learn. Can you just show me? And that could have really changed the whole dynamic of the situation. Probably not, but it could have. Who knows? But I we'll never know. I know I at least took some knowledge away. But how much more could I have gotten if I wouldn't have been trying to, you know. Let me come and rescue the situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think for me, I always, because I have older parents and, you know, I, I've always gravitated to like sitting at people's feet, you know, and listening to stories. You know, even if you don't like flat out just ask advice, you can learn. You know, if you just like sit and listen to your great aunts or your aunts or your grandparents or even your parents. Like you can just pick up on so much wisdom. And I often like think to myself, like if you're at the top of the pecking order, then you are missing out tremendously because who sharpens you? Like who, like, you're really on your own, honestly. And, and, you know, I've heard people make comments such like, well, well, I got Jesus, I got God and he tells me what to do. And it's like, well, God actually gave you a body of people, you know, that, I mean, even Jesus rolled with the 12, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't need them. I mean, he didn't have to have them. This ministry could have been, what it could have been, but he even had people. And even within the 12, he had three that was his inner circle. And so it doesn't go in this. We don't have scripture that say that he asked advice from them, but like you, if they spent every day with this man for three years, you better believe in a real live relationship, friendship, You know, I'm sure somebody taught him something. He learned something because he was a man just like we were. We are. And so I often look at that and just, you know, and it just got me to thinking about like how imperative it is to have someone in your life that has some experience, more experience than you do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that this person has to be wiser than you because of years. But I think a big part of that is you, you'll find that that it probably is the case. But yeah, you'll find somebody that may be only a year or two older than you and they've been married longer than you. Yes, that's too. Yeah, I'll tell you, like I have a younger brother, um, but my younger brother 
had kids before I did. I was a late starter. <laughs> and um, I went, I, I spoke to my younger brother about, like, kid stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because I'm older than him didn't mean that I couldn't get valuable and did get valuable information from him. Um, I look at him at, at certain things that he did raising his kids, and I, I uh, implement some of that. Um, because now if I'm old, just cause I'm older, should I, you know, I could miss out on, on something. So it don't got nothing to do with age per se. Um, I was going to say two things. Um, it's because it, you know, like I said, we talked about it being on like the older person, like in a beautiful world, if you are an older person and everybody is, <laughs> um, you should be looking for opportunity. If you're not mentoring someone, mm. it ain't because people don't want to get mentored. Talk about it. It's because you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just the truth. You know, if we're not mentoring somebody younger than us, and what I mean by mentoring, they don't, everybody ain't made to, you know, it could just be going out and talking to younger people, making sure you're spending time with younger people, You know, you may not always be in a phase of your life where you got this one-on-one relationship with a younger person or you should. I mean, it's helpful. But if not, you know, just look out for opportunities because it's needed. And if you're not and you desire that, then you need to assess, like, how do you present yourself to people? Do you present yourself as, like, like, are are you someone who especially if you're somebody who desires that and you go after that and you find that it's hard for you to, like, let's say you're somebody who's like, I got all this knowledge to give. I just want to give it out. But it's like, you can't find anybody to take it. Um, The wrong thing to do is start to complain about how the young people don't want to learn. The right thing to do is think about, are you one of those people who are, are like the curmudgeon? Like you're not trying to enrich you're not trying to, in, to to enrich the visions of the youth with your dreams. You know what I mean? You're trying to still have your vision. You want them to in, you want them to have your vision. And, and by that, that means all you're offering is criticism. Everything they do is wrong. It, you're, you're holding them back. You don't, you don't um, accept their big ideas. If that's you, then don't nobody want to be around you. Don't nobody want to hear what you got to say. No one wants to listen. No one wants you to guide them because all you're doing is in, in, I don't think God would let you do that because all you're doing is slowing up the kingdom. Stop it. Quit it. Because you do have like, because at the end of the day, what you possess is something very precious, a desire to teach and to grow the youth. Get out of your way. Get out of your own way and understand that it don't got nothing to do with what you think is is right or good or sounds nice or or is proper worship or is proper um, sharing your faith or proper preaching or proper. It don't got nothing to do with you. What it does is you take this new stuff that's coming along and you shape it so they don't go out there by themselves and have to make the same mistakes that you did as you begin to hone what you felt was right. Get, stop it, man. Stop it. You, it's at the detriment of the kingdom. You, it's, you got to stop it. God ain't going to let one monkey don't stop the show. 
But how much easier it is, like the Bible says, that we are a body of many parts, but every part has to do its job. It's nobody who can do what you have to offer. But if you don't get out of the way and 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 uh, approach it with some, like be a Priscilla and Aquila, then it's, you know, we not getting what you got to offer. And I'm speaking to myself in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was sitting here thinking about that because I was like, it that's, that's easier said than done because like, me as a men because we could talk about mentor then we could talk about mentee but me as a mentor I think sometimes I can look at younger well people younger than me and it's almost like there are some that don't seem like they they got it all figured out you know what I'm saying but it is that easy though it's not easier said than done. Yeah. It's all about, like, now, to accomplish it is very difficult. I guess that's But all what I'm I mean. saying is a mindset change. Yeah, yeah. Like, because you're not, you never even going to work it out. Because I'm not speaking from somebody who has accomplished it. Mm-hmm. Where I am speaking from somebody is, is that I am cognizant of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I am aware that that can be a problem that arises. So I got to make sure that I'm not doing that. Okay. You okay. See what I'm I, yeah, I feel you on that. That's all I'm that. saying. Because when you was talking, I mean, and I feel you on that. I feel you being cognizant because, like, I just like I told you, I've had to repent on being judgmental because I'm just like, I just you think to myself, you don't know what you don't know. Like you, you out here giving advice to people and you totally don't know don't know what you're talking about but they yeah and it's but at the end of the day it comes like and they need to hear that and they need to know that and it all comes from you know from the older people having that mindset like always putting yourself in check unless you perfect Mm -hmm. you should always be thinking that way Mm -hmm. now for the younger people it's the exact opposite i feel like you have to if you want to grow you will not grow in a in a cocoon. You're not going to grow yeah. around your peers. Yeah, you're not. Um, you're only yeah. going to be the smartest uh, dummy yeah. you know, when it comes to life. Like, because it's only so high you can get without life experience. So for you to be a, um, for you to to hit the top of what you can do, and this is biblical. The Bible says iron has to sharpen iron. The Bible talks about, you know, th- there's just so many different instances of of a young person getting knowledge, like having their knowledge growing from from the experience of older people. Um, but if you as a young person and like I said, we all are in that position. If you 90 years old, there may be somebody that's 95. So you still younger. So you still have to put yourself in the same mindset of. Who am I going out and I'm I'm looking for this knowledge? Mm-hmm. When you come, the Bible talks about in uh, 1 Timothy, or is it 1 Timothy? It's in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1. It says, do not, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. So what does that mean? You know, it, it it's all about it, without first just looking at the the literal meaning of that is you don't go in there and and 
rebuke somebody, go in there hard on an older person, but you exhort them. Exhorting is like, um, almost like persuading, you know what I mean? Like convincing them, like, like with your, like your dad, if your dad is not going to the doctor, daddy, you got to go to the doctor. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like, I'm not gonna like, daddy, you're going to die. Go to the doctor. <laughs> what you doing? That, that don't work. Yeah. I don't care how frustrated you get and you want to go to that point. It ain't going to work. But if you take the time and you, and you, there is a way to respectfully um, pers- persuade someone or not even just persuade to a- alert somebody of their, their folly without rebuking them. And why does it, and so get away from the, the literal meaning of it. Let's look at what that kind of relationship that paints. It paints this idea that we should not be super hasty in the way that we are engaging someone older. And why is that? Probably because we don't have the whole picture. Like, we don't know enough to, like, there is more life involved. So you should get to know, like, you should just enter into that. It just talks about treating them like a father. Yeah. So that should be the way that we we ent- we approach someone with more life than us okay and really younger or older but more life Mm -hmm. um we should approach it like i can learn something from this person i'm going to be respectful to this person like what can i learn from them now along the way yeah sure you'll teach them some things i'm sure of it but if you go through life like that i promise you you will you will have people spilling over themselves to mentor you i don't believe in going up to people and and asking them to be hey can you mentor me i i don't i don't believe in that necessarily um for me but what i do believe in is going up and in sitting at people's feet Mm -hmm. like just sit at somebody's feet and learn and they'll automatically mentor you because you sitting at their feet and you are showing them your willingness to learn people have an I, i can Am I being too worried because I was going to give no, an example? No, 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 Go ahead. I'll give an example. Um, for me at work, right, uh, I've said it a million times, but, like, I, I started this job. I didn't know anything about anything. Um, and I'm super prideful by nature, and I always feel like I know everything. And that's just being honest. Okay. And um, I can come off like that. Like, I'm one of those people who won't know what they're doing, but you'll start telling them, like, I'll ask Kimberly something. Now, Kimberly is a nurse practitioner. I'll ask her something about health. And we'll get in an argument about it, um, in like a full-fledged argument. And I will feel like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just dumb, right? Like, but that I could do that all the time. And so at this job, what I decided was, like, I'm going to make myself teachable. Like, not only am I going to be teachable, I'm going to make it very, very obvious that I am a sponge and that I am teachable by doing two things. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to listen intently. I'm going to put myself around situations and just that I can learn. And then I'm going to immediately put those things into practice, whether I agree or not. I'm not going to argue about it because as I began to learn more things, I began to kind of get my own ideas about how to how to to do my job. But but 
for that time being when I was asking someone something or if somebody came and looked over my shoulder and gave me some feedback, I did not argue with them at all. I would make it obvious because they would always come with like a little bit of hesitation. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to. And I'm like, hey, look, man, you've been doing this for a while. Give it to me. I'll take it. If it doesn't work, I'll figure something else out. But I want to know. And I grew so much from that. I'm like, man, why don't I do this all the time? Because I still don't do it all the time. I don't know. I got a brain problem or something. But I'm telling you, man, if you present yourself, like make that as a young person, if you present just, if you like let it sit in your head and you are very intentional in thinking like, like be aware of the fact that you are dumb when it comes to life to someone. If the person is five years older than you, you are, and, and that sounds harsh, but it's got to be like that so that you can put yourself in a position of a learner, like sitting at somebody's feet. Don't ever feel like you too smart. Like a lot of these YouTube people that I see, like I sat, we went out to, on a date with a couple. Um, like, man, you want to talk about sharp? Uh, they were so sharp and they are young. I yeah. mean, super young. They are so sharp. So sharp, just God-given talent, and they hone that God-given talent to be where they are. And they are going to help a lot of people. But it, but I never, you know, sitting with them, I didn't get the feeling like they felt like they just had it all figured out. Like, I didn't, you know, but I, who who knows? But what I do know is that if if they, as smart and as sharp as they are, if they comp- if they are combining that with with uh, humility and an eagerness to learn from others, man, the world who who gonna stop them? Yeah, I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think to flip that, like as a mentee, you know, I can think of and and I'll like is bef- just closing out the mentor portion. Like I think for us that we have multiple people that. I think that we have been able to mentor at different times, you know, whether it be teenagers, young marrieds, college kids, you know, and just other people in our lives, you know. And so um, I know for me, my mentors, and I've actually, you know, Melvin mentioned that he wouldn't recommend like just calling somebody and asking them to be your mentor. Well, I, you know, I, I believe in that, you know what I'm saying? Because, and I think you've made a mention of this, like it needs to be clear what this person's role in your life is, you know, that it's not, and you've talked about that before. Yeah, What so, you're talking about is different though. So go ahead. Okay. Well, like, um, here recently, I asked uh, a woman in our church, Karen Dixon, hey, Karen, if you're listening, um, to be my mentor, my spiritual mentor. And that was those were my exact words. And she was like, I would love to, but you, you want me to do it? And I'm like, yes. And you want to know why? Because you and your husband are like the 20-year version, the 20-year older version of us. You know what I'm saying? Like... Y'all are empty nesters. Both of you guys went to college. You're college educated. You know, you have, they have girls, grown girl. They have three girls. All their girl, girls are grown. 
and they're, you know, and they have raised them. They are raised already, you know, and they have, they are steps ahead of us, many, many steps ahead of us. So I need, for me, I need someone, and I have different people in my life that serve different areas of my life. But for her, I need someone that can help me with family things, like as a wife, as a, a mother of girls, you know, I need someone who can, like I like to say, talk me off the, the ledge, you know, because when you're going through these things, and this is another reason why you do need people in your life that have gone through what you've gone through, not just like a peer, but someone who can, who has gone through it because you going through it you think that this is the worst scenario ever. This is the worst situation that could ever happen to you. But then you talk to someone else and you and they'll say, well, we went through that too and this is what we did. Or this is what we did wrong. Don't be like us. Or this is what we did right. And it took us a while to figure it out. Do it now. That's why you need that wisdom. So you can have someone so you don't feel isolated. Like, you know, we share with you guys about the struggles that we've been going through with our parenting. Well, there's another couple who their kids are college age, like about to graduate high school, college age. They have three kids as well. We've talked about them many times, uh, Norman and Jolanda Davis. And I... The only person that I really wanted to talk to and vent to was Jolanda. I called her up one day and I literally cried on the phone with to her. And after I got my tears out, she was like, okay, woo, 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 cry all you need to. Let's talk about some practical things that you can do. Let me tell you what we did. And it was a listening ear. It wasn't a judgmental ear. It was literally learn from us, like learn from our mistakes, learn from what we did right. We figured it out later in the game. You guys, we're telling you now this worked, try it now. That's what we need. And dare I say that from that conversation, my mood was a lot better. My outlook was a lot better. Jolanda gave me a book that I'm reading now that literally changed my way of thinking. It was like a lifesaver. And so I would have never gotten that with one of my peers because my peers wouldn't have been able to tell me nothing because they going, they going through it too. You know what I'm saying? And so you know, that having business mentors, having people that can help you with your career and so on and such, all these different things, having people that have been there. And yeah, so Melvin. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think I should roll back a bit of that. Don't ask somebody because that I guess it can be good. Mm -hmm. But I think. Let me add on to that. Maybe I spoke too quickly. Not don't ask somebody, but don't just ask somebody. Like, it should be, so for you asking somebody to be your mentor, like you have already made it a lifestyle of, of really trying to sit at somebody's feet oh, and yeah. be put in a position of a learner. Yeah. Right? Um, get it how you got to get it. But don't just go around asking a bunch of people to be your mentor and feel like you're about to grow. 
it don't even matter until you get the mindset that these people have something to 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 help you with mm-hmm. um because i i've i've seen and i've been in that situation before where i've asked to you know i've been in a you know in a someone over me type of situation and i just you know i i'd argue every point you know what i mean even if i didn't argue it out loud in my mind i really wasn't trying to hear what they were saying because i felt like i knew it all or i felt like you know it it just felt like i knew it all so i guess better than don't ask somebody to be a mentor don't just ask somebody to be a mentor be ready like make sure you get your mind to a point that that at least you're aware of the fact that you need help like you need to you there's something that someone older can give to you um so you can make the most of that relationship for both of y'all and and i have i have as an as a young christian um because i consider myself like a teenage christian as a baby Christian, I did make that mistake feeling like, oh, we're all the body of Christ. We all help each other. You do have to have discernment as to who you help. And on the flip side, I, Melvin is right. I am a person who, by nature, I don't have a problem learning from people. Like, I, I don't like, I like getting advice. And I like sitting at people's feet. I like learning and I, you know, just have gotten a wealth of knowledge from others, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I listen, you know, but where it can, I can shoot myself in the foot is that I size people up too much. So I am, you know, there's this saying that you can learn from anyone or anything. I have a really hard time believing that. And so, like, I'm the type of person, because of how my mind works, it's very practical. So it's like, okay, if I need someone to do woodwork, I'm going to go to a carpenter, I'm, and I'm going to X out everybody who ain't no carpenter. I'm not going to waste my time. Even if somebody that I know does it as a hobby and can do it for me for free, no, I'm going to go to the carpenter. And they actually... I, I mean, I think it really comes out with my relationship with interactions that I'll have with Melvin because Melvin a lot of times will give me advice, but because it's not, he is not the package that I have in mind. So I can be wanting some advice and I think in my head it needs to come from a middle-aged woman. That's all I'm looking for. I'm like zeroed in on looking for somebody that can fill that void when Melvin is like, telling me (laughs) the exact thing and then I go and talk to that person and they tell me exactly what Melvin told me two days ago and we've had situations he was like you just don't be listening to me like that so I have found myself and I just don't do it to him I've noticed I'll do it to other people as well like you can get good advice good sound advice from somebody that's has not gone through your exact situation so you can learn from anyone in anything it's just that it's really hard for me to break from that so like if I'm going for marital advice I'm not going to go to a a person who has been married less years than me 
I just, to me, it does not make sense. And I know that can be a problem because, you know, some people, I mean, they still have been married, but I feel in my head, they're just certain things that y'all ain't got through yet. And we've gotten through, like we at step 10, you haven't even got to step three, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and so really opening up my mind and I'm pretty sure y'all are probably thinking well that makes sense Kim yeah but I do understand that there are things that you can learn from a person who has been a parent less than you have been been uh been married less time than you who's been uh, you can learn something from a woman I'm a woman so a woman that's been that's younger than me I know that I can learn from them and so that's where it can be a negative thing is that like I will like completely cut you off if I don't think you got you know no like you can't give me advice on this because who are you so there again I'm doing the same exact thing that I said that these young young quote-unquote young whippersnappers are doing I find I have just discipled myself y'all there you go there you go amen amen You ready to wrap this thing down, boss? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, um, what am I? Do your thing, boss. I, I, I thought you were about to wrap us down. I was like, no. okay, this new. This new. Well, anyways, guys, um, thank y'all for just allowing us to just bumble, rumble all the things that we did, <laughs> we do. And uh, again, we appreciate you guys listening to us and just going on this journey with us. Mm-hmm. Please, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. It is free 99. Um, also, you we would love for you guys to come become a part of our online family as well. You can subscribe to our uh, web page um, for the newsletter that will be starting to go out in January at soulsenseministries.com. We are on just about all things social. No, we're not. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's all that we're on. Uh, you can find us at the Soul Sense Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are Soul Sense Pod, short for podcast. And guys, we love you all for just going on this journey with us. You have been listening to the Soul Sense Podcast. This is Kim and my trusty wingman, Melvin. Melly Mel. And we'll catch you next time. All right, bye, guys.